would you welcome Herschel Rossers preaching this morning in our series, Jesus People? without mask and other people sitting over on this side with mask and uh, so just want you to think about joining us next week I think it's a very very safe environment and most of all the Lord is here and his people are here and the Lord and his people are also in their homes joining us online and we we're just glad to all be together in that way so John has been leading us in a series called Jesus People, and we're continuing that series today in Acts chapter 6 and 7, and we're going to call this Tracking with Stephen. When God moves among us by the power of the Holy Spirit, great things happen. Have you experienced that? It's not us, it's God the Holy Spirit, and it's fantastic. I'm just going to share a few things, some from years ago, some from very, very recent history, one from Thursday of this week. Um, back in the early 80s, there was a family attending church in the city in Houston, which today is the Houston Vineyard, and they had a little boy who, almost from the time of his birth, suffered from severe allergies. By the time he was two years old, it was life-threatening. Uh, he was in a hospital um, in a room with no textures at all. And um, the family had been instructed by the doctors that they needed to move to a different climate, and they were preparing to do that. And I went to see this child on this certain day and his and his mother and she had him in his arms when I got there and he was wrestling with her and um, we we had been praying at church for him to be healed um, and you know there was no progress in that he, he seemed to be getting worse I wasn't full of faith Here's this child kind of screaming and scrambling in his mom's arms, wanting her to put him down. And, and I said, may I place my hand on him? And she said, sure. And, you know, he didn't want my hand on him. And I prayed some kind of, <laughs> kind of a weak prayer, I think. Uh, Lord Jesus, please heal this child. And then I kind of ran out of there because it was obvious that little boy was very uncomfortable with me in the room. And there was a couple in our church, we called them Mom and Pop Donahue. They were like the elders of our whole church. They were the people that had brought this family in. They were keeping up with this family. I got home, it's way before the days of cell phones. My phone was ringing, I picked it up. It was Mom Donahue. She's saying, the child was healed, the child was healed. He was instantly healed when I prayed for him. I had just left and the mother realized that he was clear of his allergy. And he, I kept up with him for about the next 20 years. I mean, he was healed. See, that was the work of the Holy Spirit. It was not the work of Herschel Rosser. You understand that, right? 
I just happened to be there on the day God decided to heal that little boy. It can be something a lot less dramatic than that. Um, I know one day I used to be on the staff at the Sugarland Vineyard, and um, there was a man I didn't know. Lucy and I went up to be on a prayer team, a man I hadn't seen before. He had a nicely trimmed beard. I just remember that about him. And uh, he came up, and he had some uh, major problem with his back and bad headache, and we just laid our hands on him and prayed for him. And the next Sunday he came back and he said, guess what? I was healed when you guys prayed for me. And uh, he, he kind of thought there was something special about us. You know, he wanted to hang out with us because he thought we must be really super spiritual people because we laid our hand on him and he got well. But it wasn't us, you see. We had to convince this man it was the power of the Holy Spirit making Jesus real. The, the intervention of the Holy Spirit can be totally unexpected and totally unusual. Uh, so while we lived in Germany, one of our sons had severe... Um, what's the skin problem? Eczema. Inf infantile eczema. Severe. It was terrible. And I was at a student retreat, and whoever was speaking said, well, if you need healing, stand for healing. And I stood for my son and another, a student, so I was a, a minister there, but a student came and put his hand on my left shoulder. He did not know, nor had I requested prayer for that shoulder, but it, it had been out for weeks. I couldn't even raise my arm. And when you're a, a Pentecostal or a charismatic, that's rough not to being able to raise your arm, right? <laughs> or in the vineyard. And he prayed for my son, and my son did eventually get completely well of infantile eczema, but I was instantly healed, even though he wasn't praying for my shoulder. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is just amazing the way he works. I remember a young, a young man, a young father in Houston, whose wife had just left him with no good reason, no good cause, and he was brought to me by his brother, and I started sharing with this young man. He, he, his life was devastated. He was certainly not a Christian. He was certainly not a Jesus follower. He knew nothing about the way. And, uh, you know, when, when I shared with him about receiving the Lord Jesus into his heart, he instantly said yes. He asked Jesus to come into his heart to forgive him of his sins. And he was instantly transformed from that moment. Uh, from that moment, he became a Jesus follower. His life began to change instantly. I mean, in just a few weeks, he was asking if he could lead one of our small groups. Um, that's been 35, 40 years ago, something like that. I don't, I don't know. And that man became a leader in the church, uh, went out with another church plant from uh, the Houston Vineyard, and is today still in leadership. So you see, it's not just healing. The most important thing of all is that the Holy Spirit brings Jesus into people's hearts to heal their lives, to change them, <clears throat> to begin to transform them into the image of Jesus Christ. And that's what, <clears throat> that's what the Holy Spirit loves to do the most. So give me a moment here to see if I can get my voice back. <clears throat> so
So something amazing happened this week. And John Arelli and Lucy and I and Sonia were involved, Sonia Bailey. Sonia Bailey's mother is named Estelle Bertiguez. And she's a lady in her 80s. She, uh, she has, a, she has um, a historic relationship with the church, not our church, another church. But she really wasn't walking with Jesus. She wasn't really born of the Lord. And <clears throat> Sonia has asked us to pray for her for years. I'll turn this off for a second. And a few weeks ago, she fell and broke her ankle. So they had none of the stuff you need for a person like that. And Lucy had all that stuff from when my mom was alive. <clears throat> so um, we took a wheelchair and other items over to her house. And um, she was so blessed by that. And before we left, we just said, Estelle, can we pray for you? And she said, yes. So we put our hands on her. And we prayed for her, and she just began kind of glowing. And after we left, she told Sonia, she said, I've never felt anything like that. I have never felt anything like that. And she just opened her heart to Jesus, gave her heart to the Lord, and she, she told Sonia, I want to become part of your church, and I want to be baptized. So this week on Thursday, John and Lucy and I went over. We took a pitcher of water. We rolled her out into the walkway outside of her apartment, and John baptized her. And when we had prayed for her, John said, what are you sensing? And she said, uh, I'm feeling big inside. We went back inside the apartment, and, and she not only has a broken ankle, but she has um, breast cancer. She just discovered last week, and she was in a good bit of pain. So when John prayed for her, the pain went away. The pain went away. And I called Sonia a couple of days ago and asked permission to share this today. And Estelle said she would love for us to share it. And she just said, I'm feeling so much better and I've got so much joy in my life now. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does when we take His work seriously. What's happening here is something much bigger than me, much bigger than John, even, much bigger than Lucy, much bigger than Sonia, bigger than us all. Now, we're all people, I hope, in this room and those watching. I think most of you are people who have been rescued from our old lives by Jesus. You've been forgiven. God is at work to help you become more like Jesus. But there's an additional manifestation of the power of God among Jesus' people. Remember, this is the Jesus' people series. There's an additional manifestation of the power of God among Jesus' people. And it is this, it is empowerment by the Holy Spirit. We're seeing this from week to week in this series. Last week, John preached from miracle to miracle. And boy, that sermon was extremely significant for me. But we're going we're gonna to revisit a passage that we preached on here a little over two years ago, Acts chapter 6 and 7, which is a story of the early church. It's essentially Stephen's story, St. Stephen's story, 
in the Scriptures. And I'm going to read from Acts 6, 1 through 7. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Greek-speaking Jews rose against the Hebrews, that is, the Jews uh, of Israel, the Jews of Jerusalem there, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. It wasn't deliberate, I'm sure. But the twelve, the apostles, summoned the full number of the disciples, and there were lots of them. There were thousands of them. And they said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And that made everybody happy. And so the, the whole body chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicolaus, a proselyte from Antioch. These they said before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Today I want us to track with one of these men, Stephen. Another one comes up in the New Testament, Philip, the evangelist. But I want us to track with Stephen. I want us to allow the Holy Spirit to use Stephen as an example for what can happen when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I want to read now from Acts 6 going on from 8 to 15. And look at Stephen now. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, the Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. So this was a Greek-speaking synagogue there in the area of Jerusalem. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. See, it was more than Stephen. It was the wisdom of God and the fullness of the Holy Spirit preaching through him. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, they brought him before a religious council, they brought in liars, who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So it's the Holy Spirit upon Stephen. And let me tell you, the Jews did not have an image of angels like we do in America. These little angel dolls you can buy at Christmas that look like little children, or the little angels on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, the little cherub, cherubim as they're called. No, they knew that angels were messengers of God and that anybody who had ever met an angel in their history, in their Bible, had fallen down in great fear saying, don't kill me. So there's something very dramatic happening here. I mean, I mean, 
he must have been glowing like the sun or something, kind of like Jesus and his transfiguration. Something amazing was happening through the Holy Spirit. And then Stephen preaches a sermon, and if you would like to hear or read a one-chapter survey of the whole Old Testament, just read Acts chapter 7, because Stephen puts it all in there. And then at the very end, he brings it all down and he begins to say how that their ancestors had killed the prophets and that now the greatest one of all has been among them, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and that now they have killed him too. And then we come to chapter 7, verse 54. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. I guess, I don't know if that's a custom we have, but everybody grind your teeth. See what that's like. They ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, I want you to notice this, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. I just want you to know, when miracles of God are happening, not everybody's happy about it. Okay? When true miracles of God happen, some people believe and some people become opponents of the gospel of Jesus. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And he becomes Paul. Not too much time after this, he has a confrontation with Jesus that transforms his life. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. When a Christian dies, a very good way of saying that is they fell asleep. Because we understand that when Jesus returns, their body will be resurrected. Well, how can we track with Stephen? Though I'm pretty sure most of us don't want to track with him as far as martyrdom. Tracking with Stephen means we need to take a step back and see what the Holy Spirit is doing in Acts 6 and 7. And this brings us to the context in the New Testament that we call the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and particularly in the book of Acts. You see, Stephen's story leads to a vital question. What happens when Jesus' people, and we're Jesus' people, what happens when Jesus' people are filled with the Holy Spirit? Throughout this whole passage, starting in Acts chapter 6, we have the description of Stephen's ministry, and here's how he's described. Listen to me, because this can be true of you, and it may be true of you. Listen to this description of, C of Stephen. The text says he was full of the Spirit. Another place it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. That's the same thing. He was full of wisdom. Think about that for a minute. He was full of faith. He was full of grace. He was full of power. This is all, this is all description 
of the work of the Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of grace, full of power. So the story starts with him being a man full of the Spirit, right? Way back in Acts chapter 6, they choose him and the others because they're men full of the Holy Spirit. And then at the beginning of Acts chapter 7, it says again, uh, here's a man who was full of faith and full of power. So he's a man full of the Spirit. He's He's a man living in the fullness of the Spirit. He's doing miracles in the fullness of the Spirit. He's preaching in the fullness of the Spirit. So it's, it's, it's this wonderful thing that's happened to him. He's a man who's been saved. He's a man who's been born again. He's a man who's been being transformed into the image of Jesus. But he's also a man who was there on the day of Pentecost, he had to have been, who was baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit when the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And, and unlike some people, he has stayed in that place on a daily basis. He continues to ask God to fill him with the Holy Spirit. He continues to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to say that he, that he never lost the power or something like that, but the image we have of him in the New Testament is that he's a man who remains full of the Spirit. And now, at the hour of his martyrdom, what happens? He's filled with the Spirit again. So here's a man who's full of the Spirit, and guess what happens as they're picking up stones to stone him? This Holy Spirit comes on him afresh. Because it says, and Stephen, full of the Spirit, he sees Jesus at the right hand of God. He experiences, a he experiences a miracle. And then by the power of the Spirit, he's able to sort of, as we want to track with Stephen, he's able to track with Jesus on the cross. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And Father, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen says the same thing. Uh, he preaches the same thing right as he's dying in the power of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts uses various expressions for this empowerment. It is called being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls it that in Acts chapter 1. It is called being filled with the Spirit. It is said the Spirit came upon them. It is said they received the Spirit. It is said the Spirit was poured out on them. You can find that in Acts chapter 19. Let me say those things again. These are all expressions for this empowerment. Being baptized with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, the Spirit coming upon you, receiving the Spirit, and the Spirit being poured out on you. These are not descriptions necessarily of being born again, of being saved. Sometimes when people first put their faith in Jesus, the Spirit is poured out on them instantly, like in Acts chapter 10, the household of Cornelius. But in most cases in the New Testament, there's a little time between a person's faith in the Lord and this anointing, this empowerment. And so tracking with Stephen means we understand this and we want this and we know we need this and we ask God for this 
so that we can move in the power of the Spirit as we obey Jesus' command to go into all the world and make disciples from Him, for Him in every nation, teaching them to observe everything He commanded us, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To do that requires this anointing, this empowerment of the Spirit. And so I'm just going to share what Jesus said uh, right before He ascended into heaven. As He has given them the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel, He says this in Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, that's the Holy Spirit, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Luke says, he says to the same people, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he's talking about empowerment and he's making it available to every believer. Just tracking with this a little more, in Acts 4.31, John used this scripture last Sunday, uh, these are people who have already been filled with the Holy Spirit. They have already been ministering in the power of the Spirit. Peter and John have been imprisoned, flogged, and let loose, and they go back, and the saints are having a prayer meeting. And after they prayed, Acts 4.31, the place where they were meeting was shaken, just like on the day of Pentecost, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. So here are people who had already been filled with the Spirit being filled with the Spirit again. You see, this is not salvation. This is not being born again. This is empowerment. And we, we, we see as we move through these texts that it, that, that it needs to happen frequently. One of my friends, um, Peter Davids, was teaching on being filled with the Spirit and said, we leak, we leak. <laughs> we don't leak salvation. When we get saved, we're saved. But we need a daily or hourly empowerment with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, the Apostle Paul, who was holding the cloaks the day that Stephen was murdered, he says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And this, be filled with the Spirit, is actually a very interesting Greek expression, and it literally means keep on being filled with the Spirit. So, this is New Testament background for how we can track with Stephen. And our response to this is, first of all, to be reconciled to God. So I told about my young friend. He was young then. He's not young anymore in, in Houston who gave his heart to Jesus right there with me talking to him. But very soon, my friend, uh, having been reconciled to God, asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was filled with the Spirit. But the most important step that any of you who are listening today, or any of you who are here today can take, is to come to Jesus Christ if you've not done this. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins, because He died on the cross for you. He rose from the grave for you. Ask Him to come in and be the Lord of your life. 
and be reconciled to God. It says in Romans 5.10, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? So even if you consider yourself an enemy of God, if you repent of that and turn to Him, Jesus will come and make you God's friend. He will make God your friend. And you will be saved through the life of Jesus. And then I want to encourage you to respond this way, to be filled with the Spirit. So if you have been reconciled, if you have been forgiven, Jesus has come into your heart. Now come to God and ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit. If you've never done this before, don't give up until you're sure it's happened. And you'll know. You'll know. You'll know when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There will be an empowering. There will be a boldness. There will be a desire to talk to other people about Jesus. There will be a desire to pursue Jesus. There will be an eagerness to pray for people and see what God is going to do. Uh, When you open your mouth to talk about Jesus, you'll find His help uh, speaking through you. You'll be empowered. And then the next thing I want to say is what I've already indicated in the scriptures we went on, we went through. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. To track with Stephen, you need to be a person who very frequently comes to God and by faith asks Him, Lord, would you fill me again with your Holy Spirit? Fill me anew with your Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. And at that point, you know, I try to do that every single day, at least once, sometimes several times a day. And I want to say that I don't always have a great, wonderful emotional experience. That's not the point. The point is I receive by faith, and then I I move to the next point I want to share with you to serve by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. So... I understand on this thing of keeping on being filled with a Spirit, the Lord is the one who fills with the Spirit, but the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. That means there's, there's, there's a, an element of your own desire, of your own request. It doesn't just happen. You ask for it. You open your heart. You're hungry for it. You're thirsty for it. Jesus, on the last day of one of the great feasts in Jerusalem, stood up and in a loud voice said, Hey, everyone who's thirsting, come to me and drink. And out of your innermost being, there will be a river of water flowing. This he spoke of the Spirit, who was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified, the text says. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit. We come to Jesus on a daily basis, and we ask to be filled with the Spirit. We worship Jesus. And then there's this flow that is the flow of the Holy Spirit through our lives. So we serve by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. Even if tracking with Stephen means you will suffer for Jesus, and some of us will, Some of us will suffer for Jesus. We still step out in faith as we've asked Him to fill us and we've asked Him to fill us again and we've asked Him to fill us again. Having done that, we step out in faith believing He's going to use us. We we do what John did with Estelle on Thursday. 
as he prayed for her after her baptism. He just believed that Jesus was there, that the Holy Spirit was there. He stretched out his hand and he prayed for her and she felt the power of Jesus. She encountered the power of Jesus. Her pain went away. She felt big inside. Um, even if sometime our faith is weak, like with the little boy who had great allergies, the, the Lord is... Uh, capable of working in any situation if we have this openness and this desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be used by the Holy Spirit. To understand that serving by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit means that God doesn't empower us as though He's giving us a toy to play with, as though He's giving us something to show off, as though He's giving us something to prove that we're spiritual. It may get us killed, but it's not something to show off. It's not something to make us feel better about ourselves or to feel like we have great power. It is a recognition of our own weakness and our own need and our hearts cry to be empowered by the Lord to fulfill His command to go to everyone who doesn't know Jesus and share the good news of Jesus with them, to be involved in leading them to become disciples of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not as technically capable as our lead pastor, John. I don't have a... I don't have a a tablet here where I can see the responses of the people in the church. I need to learn to do that, John. You need to help me learn to do that so I can be more interactive when I preach. But I'm hoping that you, where you are today, are ready to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. First of all, I'm going to pray with you for anybody who needs to be reconciled to God right now. If you have not given your heart to Jesus and you want to be cleansed of your sin, and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, and enter into this fantastic life with Him, would you just pray along with me? I'm going to pray a prayer and ask you to pray along with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you rose on the third day. I ask you now to come into my life. I ask you to forgive my sins. Cleanse me. I ask you to transform me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you took that step today, would you please at the end of this service go into the prayer room and let the people there know that you made that step and they will help you move along into this life of transformation by the power of the Spirit. And now I want to pray, speak to everyone else and say, I invite you to pray with me right now to be filled with the Holy Spirit and realize this is not an empty prayer. These are not merely words. This is a prayer the Lord loves to answer. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So again, would, I, would you just kind of pray along with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I'm dry, I'm thirsty, and I certainly need the anointing of the Spirit. I need your empowerment for the task that you've given me to do. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Anoint me. Empower me. Use me. Flow through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you.